And welcome to O, a podcast, the podcast brought to you by O-Rock Studios. My name is Paul Franzen, you're, the editor-in-chief you're, you're doing of GameCola.net. No, you're doing it completely wrong! I know, I know, I was supposed to say the podcast about playing you're games fired. and That's making it. games. <laughs> brought to you by 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, O-Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, and I'm the head boy of Oarock. And I'm Michael Gray, and I was just fired from Oarock. <laughs> That's okay, you're rehired. Uh, oh, okay, good. Well, I don't want to have to write all the games myself, so it is what it is. Well, you just stop making games after, like, the, the two or so games I've written in advance. <laughs> It'll be true. good. That's true, I can make it a little while, I guess. <laughs> How's it going, Michael? Uh, it's, it's going okay. I suppose it's, um, I, I don't know. I can't think of any witty comment to make based on the time of year it is. Yeah. It hasn't snowed yet in January. It was very sad. We were promised snow and then there was no snow. Like there's a little bit of snow on the car roof and that was it. I'm more than happy to share any of our snow with you. We've had so much. Oh, thank you, thank yes, you. Yes, yes. So, uh, next next time I dig myself out of two feet of snow, I'll I'll just ship it right over to you. Okay, sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> well, I am very sad, Michael. I'm very sad. Oh dear. Uh, because I'm not in Disney World anymore. <laughs> I'm very upset about this state of being. And not only am I no longer in Disney World as I was a couple of weeks ago, I am now as far away from visiting Disney World again as I may ever be. A week, a, in a week, I'll be a week closer visiting Disney World, but that is not the case right now. Interesting. So, is anything new or different about Disney World? It sounded like there was some sort of new Star Wars thing yes. there. That Okay, cool. <laughs> Let me know what this is. Yes, yeah, so, um, so you went to Harry Potter World, right, at Universal Studios? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that, but Star Wars. Okay, so you've got two rides and 12 stores. Oh, uh, that's actually pretty accurate, yes. <laughs> but it gets better. Uh, you have to uh, get to the park at 6 a.m. if you want to ride one of the rides. Why? I said, I said it gets better, <laughs> didn't I? Oops. Uh, so they're, they're doing this whole weird thing with, with their big fancy ride. I think it just opened in Orlando, like... A month or two ago, it just opened in California like a week ago, so it's brand brand new. Um, and there's so many people that want to ride this ride that they had to come up with this convoluted system for getting people on it. Um, you have to be in the park, like physically in the park, and then push a button on the Disney app in order to get added to basically a big wait list that'll tell you when it is now appropriate for you to get in line and get on the ride. That sounds a bit like a, a scam to get you to download the Disney app. I don't know. And if you, so if you don't do this, like, right when the park opens, uh, you've basically lost your chance of riding that ride because all the spots go so quickly because everyone wants to ride it. That's interesting because I seem to remember when they opened the, the Star Wars world, they were complaining nobody wanted to go there. <laughs> Our, it wasn't as many people as they expected. 
So clearly everybody was just waiting for this one ride. Okay. I think that's I actually, I think that you're actually not wrong about that. Um, I mean, the the ride, I, I don't want to give too many spoilers about it, but it's definitely like this wildly immersive ride. Like it was as much of a, an effort as it was to just get on this stupid ride. Uh, it was worth it. Wow. Okay, so you did actually get to go I on did, yes, that yes. fancy ride. <laughs> it was funny. So we were we were traveling in an enormous group. We had 13 people, family members and friends, on this trip to Disney World. Uh, four of us made it to the, onto the ride. Um, and that's that's because most of us didn't want to get up at, at, you know, butt o'clock in the morning. Um, you couldn't, like, just steal their phone and, and do the no, app for because them. because the thing that activates, it's not just the phone, it's not just the app. Uh, you also have to have scanned your magic band or your ticket or whatever. You have to have scanned a thing to get into the park. So I would have had to, like, collect all their magic bands and surreptitiously, like, put them in front of the reader without anyone noticing me doing it in order for that to work. And then they wouldn't be able to get into the park because I'd have their magic bands. So, mm-hmm. uh... But yeah, it was awesome, and the Disney Star Wars land as a whole uh, was was incredible. There's also a Millennium Falcon ride that you get to ride, and it's like this co-op flight simulator adventure where two people are like the pilots, two people are the gunners, and two are the engineers, uh, and I, I'm happy to say that I did not completely crash and wreck the Millennium Falcon during my trip, although it wasn't great for a little while there. Uh, I should not be flying anything. <laughs> It turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Any sort of spaceships. Okay, because I was going to ask, is there... This is probably a dumb question. Do they have star tours in uh, Disney yes. World? Because I know they had it in Disneyland for, like, the past several decades. They do, and it's not, like, part of the Star Wars land. Like, it's it's in the same park, so this is all in Disney's Hollywood Studios, which is one of the four parks at Disney World. It's all in that park, but... Uh, the, the Star Tours ride is still kind of separate from the rest of it, which is, which is weird. That's weird, because I remember they revamped Star Tours a, a while ago, but I, that must have been before Disney, uh, bought Star Wars. Yeah. They, they, they revamped that ride, I think, basically whenever a new movie comes out, they add the new planets to it. So I think it's, it's pretty up to date, like, with stuff from, uh, the ninth movie, the, whatever the one was that just came out. Okay. Well, yeah, I I don't know. The one they had in uh, Disneyland didn't seem to change at all oh, no. <laughs> when when they made the new movies. So let me... I'll have to look this up. Gosh. I didn't actually make it onto Star Tours this time because I spent too much time with the other Star Wars stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, speaking of, of immersion, like, they're in the, in the Star Wars land, or, sorry, uh, Galaxy's Edge, it's called, Galaxy's Edge, like, there are, there are actual, like, stormtroopers wandering around, and if you catch their eye, they'll, like, approach you and demand to see your identification, uh, and start <laughs> giving you a hard time, um, uh, it was <laughs> probably the funniest moment of the entire trip was, um, when they started walking toward my wife. And she just, like, turned and ran in the other direction. <laughs> it was just funny, like, watching her, like, bolt and, and weave through crowds to try to get away from these stormtroopers because she, she did not want to interact with them. Um, but the other the other thing I like uh, in regard to the immersion is that um, the, the theming of Galaxy's Edge is that you're on the planet Batu, which is a, a new planet in the Star Wars universe that was created just for this park. And they have, like, specific 
uh, like slang and, and terminology that, that the people who live in this planet uses. So, um, I was reading about this online, uh, and, and it worked. Uh, if you like approach, uh, the, cast members there and say bright suns they'll they'll say bright suns back to you because that's the way of greeting people uh in the in in this world and, or if you say uh till the spire that they'll respond in in kind uh because that's how you say goodbye on this planet and there's like secret uh passwords you can use to to indicate that you're a member of the resistance with a with a secret like it's like a call and response kind of thing it was just very very cool <laughs> very happy with it yeah, interesting. So I'm looking here in, in Disneyland, they've redid the Star Tours 2010, um, so it's closed from 2010, and they reopened it with a totally different ride. Same okay, basic yeah. idea, but um, in 2011, so... <laughs> they switched to uh, 3D, it, it, yeah, the new, the new okay, version's yeah. 3D, and Darth Vader's in it. <laughs> as opposed to uh, him not being at all. In the, That's right. There, in there the, was the previous like one a big overhaul of the ride like that. I guess yeah, like a decade ago. But I feel like they they also do minor updates, just like I said, to add new destinations and stuff like that. And it uh, it's supposed to be random each time you ride it, which three planets you end up traveling to as well yeah 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 that's yeah. what that's what i heard whereas pre because you know i grew up on the one that's obviously mm-hmm. before 2010 yeah so i mean it's it was just the same thing every single time where like oh you crash into an ice asteroid and then for some reason you blow up the death star <laughs> yes and and you were just you were just trying to get to um uh, you're just trying to get to Endor to play with the Ewoks, but yep, yeah, we had our our, uh, our captain, which was just kind of a screw up. No, I was gonna say, um, I went to California's Great America, which has a ride called Mass Effect New Earth, which is the Whoa. same sort of thing. You basically, uh, you've got 3D glasses and you go to these other planets and, and fight aliens. Except, uh, in, in this one, uh, you have like a I guess you'd call it a cast member, somebody who works for uh, the, the the company is mm-hmm. playing the role as the captain and performs it live. Yes. Whereas in Star Tours, they had an animatronic uh, character as the pilot. Well, that's something that's really cool about the new Star Wars rides is that they have some live actors. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to I be back there right now. Uh, <laughs> this is why I am sad. <laughs> oh, what are you going to do? Anyway, I could I could talk about Disney World for the entirety of this podcast, so uh, I probably shouldn't oh. let that happen. Uh, yeah, no, oh my no. gosh. Oh no, <laughs> apparently we should, what's up? <laughs> no, it's just saying there's just a, just a gajillion different, like you said, ride sequences in the new Star Tours. Yeah. So apparently it's got like five or so different segments, and each one has five or so different variations. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you need to make another trip. Yeah, yeah, I, I got time. the one with uh, Darth Vader. Um, okay, so I got version number one. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I think too. Um, when whenever they update it with new planets, they um, let's see if I remember this right. They they set it so it's not randomized, so that people can experience the new planets. Like everyone who rides the ride gets to experience the new planets for like the first like week or month or something like that. Which I think is kind of interesting way to do that. Um, okay, so yeah. So that's that's uh that's where we are on the Disneyland yes. update, <laughs> Disney World update. Sorry, oh, oh, Victoria Budke's going to be so mad we didn't invite her for this one. 
Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, what's new in uh, game development? Uh what's new in game development? Let's see. Um not much has been going on. I've just been busy with other stuff. Uh you know, doing a walkthrough for the Nancy Drew game which came out last month. And um I need to write my review for that and doing everything wrong with video for that. So oh, no. those will be my next two uh big products or uh, projects. Can you, can you give me a sneak preview? What are some of the things that are wrong with it? Oh, you will hate this. So <laughs> messing up all right with all right. Mm-hmm. Come on. Look, I just got my brand new edition of the Associated Press style book. I got it for Christmas. All right is two words. It says, quote, never all right. One one word. Never. Never, ever acceptable. I'm trying to figure out where she's at. Oh, yep. Yeah, no, that's the second line of the game. Oh. Um, That's all right, Miss Drew. I'd prefer to stay out here. And they spell um U H M. Is that normal? I've I've seen that before. I think I've used that before, but I don't think I do anymore. Well, I do it, um U M. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. U M feels feels more correct. Well, it's weird. Is I I've seen um apparently the British version is er e r. I've seen oh, yeah, books. Sure. I compared the American and UK editions, and they switched from er to um. Really. It's like it's, our character is just stammering. You don't really need to correct that. Oh, that's so interesting. I wonder if, yeah, they do that in, like, the Harry Potter, quote, localizations. Because I know they make some changes like that. Yeah, but they only did that for, like, the first three books anyway. They stopped. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess you're right, yeah, because I've definitely heard... Uh, I listened to the audiobooks uh, many, many times, and I've definitely heard the extremely British narrator say... Uh, boogers, and he always sounds so weird and uncomfortable saying it because it's bogeys in in Britain. It's not boogers. Yeah, but yeah, I think I've heard him say bogeys too. So anyway, yeah, they changed the bogeys part. Well, like yeah. I said, I think I think book four yeah. is when when they stopped uh, localizing the books as much. Oh, that's so interesting. And I noticed that because that's book four. That's when they start using Q instead of line. Oh, okay. Because they had to queue up to get water at the uh, Quidditch World Cup. So let's see, what else? Um, Nancy, for some reason, like during the intro tutorial part, all the phone conversations are muted, and I have no idea why. I I'm, I guess I have to check with somebody else to see if it's just my version of the game or not, but I don't understand it either. Um... Let's see, what else is wrong with the game? Yeah, lots of... I could nitpick on grammar all day. <laughs> they, they they do the thing where, um, like, if a word is in quotes, um, the quote, the end quote appears on the next line in the oh, text box. Oh. Oh. So that, that happens far too often. I mean, it doesn't happen every time you have yeah. quotes, but it happens enough that's like, Oh, why isn't it just like the other games where the text box is a standard size? Oh, that's weird. It sounds like the uh the the engine like isn't recognizing that the quotation mark is part of the word or something. But it doesn't yeah. do that for like periods, right? Like it doesn't have a period on a new line. Oh, now or I'm gonna have it? to check. I don't yeah. think it does. Yeah, no no no. I think it I think yeah, we'll keep the period on the same line and then and oh, then the, the quotation marks on the on the next line. I don't know. 
Yeah, see, that's that's one of the uh, that's one of the happy things we don't have to deal with by using by using Renpy. Renpy has figured out all that kind of stuff for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say uh, uh, another fun one is whenever you talk to a character, like the last line of dialogue that was said out loud appears at the top of the uh, at the top of the the dialogue box. Okay. I, I mean, this is. I guess if you're talking to a character for a second time, the the last line of dialogue that was oh, said I appears. But uh, so I I saved my game, you know I I quit the game and, and reloaded the game, and started a second conversation with somebody. So the game didn't know what the last line of dialogue was. So the dialogue box just said last line. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh. Weren't you one of the testers on this game, Michael? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't test that part. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. They they took they took my um yeah feedback into consideration. So I didn't have any feedback about the text box. So. <laughs> oh, well. I don't. I don't even remember if their text box was visible. It's it's been a while. Sure. But yeah. So those are those are some problems I'll point out and everything wrong with. I you know I'm trying to decide whether just to nitpick at the text box all day long or actually just <laughs> ignore it. I guess it depends on how long you want to make this video. Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's another example like day number two it's just a weird decision uh there's a conversation at the kitchen table it's got uh nancy the hardy boys deirdre shannon and may may says one sentence during this entire conversation and this is like a five minute conversation but she's on camera the whole time because she had that one line of dialogue (laughs) Meanwhile, Deirdre Shannon, who, who who talks for most of the, uh, she's she's half in frame. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Okay. So I thought I thought that I mean it's something. Even when I was just playing the game casually, I'm like, what is with the framing for this scene? Oh. So let me get an actual time for how long that conversation is. Okay, yeah, it's, it's about five minutes. Five minutes and maze in frame the whole time. Luckily, you can move the camera around all the time. Or most of the time for the game, mm-hmm. you can move the camera around whenever you want, so it's no big deal. Weird thing, though, so I was trying to move the camera around to, to get Deirdre in frame, and I noticed if you move your camera all the way straight down, so, like, you're looking on the floor, Frank Hardy disappears. Okay. So, but his watch is still there. His watch is just floating in midair, but he himself is just just completely disappears when you move the camera at a specific angle. So that's that's clearly a glitch. Do you think are are you are you seeing do you think more glitches in this game than in previous Nancy Drew games or is it about the same? Uh gosh, it's hard to say cuz it's, yeah. it's a different style of glitches. Um like obviously the first games had some pretty bad glitches, but Sure. It's interesting you say that, because I worked on a speedrun for the game, and I kind of wish I could understand the glitches so I could exploit them. Because <laughs> there's this one glitch at the start of the game where um, you double-click on a drawer as it opens, and for some reason it turns the screen upside down for like a half second. <laughs> and so 
the next uh, phone call you have just completely skips. The game just skips over a phone call, which shows up like eh, about a half minute later. So the game just just pretends that phone call doesn't happen and just goes right into the scene, which plays after the phone call. Right. So that I don't know how long that say it's like twenty thirty seconds, but I'm like, oh man, if we could figure out how to replicate that glitch anywhere else, or like replicate it whenever we want, <laughs> we could probably use it to skip phone calls and puzzles. But I, I don't know what causes it. I don't know why it 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 doesn't seem to happen every single time. Uh the worst kind of bug. I know, right? <laughs> but I, I'm sure there aren't like that many people who were playing the game. It's like, okay, I'm double clicking. I'm. Do- it's just because I was speed running, right? And I guess they didn't do much speed run testing. Which why yeah. would they? You're you're probably the only Nancy Drew speedrunner. No, I'm sorry. Uh, doesn't there's someone else on YouTube, right? I think we've talked about him before. Yeah. No, there are like four yeah. or five people. Oh, oh I, I stand corrected. Yeah. Have you ever been uh, approached by, like, good games done quick to, to do a Nancy Drew speedrun as part of their... I have not. I've been in contact with the... Uh, I think I mentioned I was in contact with the uh, Speed Demos Archive, right. um, who put... I don't know if they still put on good games done quick, but... Uh, anyway, I've, I've submitted runs to them. My mm-hmm. my new uh, speedrun for Nancy Drew Midnight in Salem was actually sent to them. I'm, I'm in the process of them judging it and determining whether or not it's good enough to be on their website. <laughs> so, uh, I, not really, I, I think I finished all the stuff on my end because right. there's a problem with them being able to see it. So, or, you know, they, they have very specific rules for, and that very specific encoder, probably just to make sure nobody's cheating. I right, think that right. must be why they do it. And that's why it's so strict. But, yeah, I would love to do one of their things. They just never take place anywhere <laughs> near me. So, other video game development news. Yes, yes. Is I, um... I just got, um... Art for the Kidnap Prom Queen, um, finished. So, oh, I cool. got that, got it sent in, got it approved and everything. I don't know what the next step is. I think I just wait for them to get back to me at some point. <laughs> But I sent them the art, so yay. Two different people, you know, checked it and said it was okay. And so I officially commissioned somebody to make all the different versions of that art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sent the person's, you know, name and um, where all the various pictures came from. So there there are like three pictures in the... And they're all from CC-O sites. I think that means copyright something... Uh, Creative Commons Zero. Uh, I think that means that means public domain. Okay, yeah, it's basically public domain. Okay, we're good. What's interesting is um, I don't think the person who did the artwork played the game. Uh, I, I gave them a <laughs> copy of the game, but I also gave them. It's like here's what some of the other testers suggested for the artwork, and and somebody's like, okay, well, you could just have one thing for each of the three people that get kidnapped, because there's three different, three basic storylines. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically you get to vote for who the prom queen is. Whoever you pick ends up being elected and then she gets kidnapped. And so there are, there are three different choices. So I, I believe one is uh, a cheerleader. One is uh, your best friend, Elena. 
And then the other one is a person you don't really know. is Claudia Barrett, who is captain of the debate team. I should remember my own game, but I don't, <laughs> I guess. Um, so so uh, one of the testers uh, suggested, like, okay, well, you can do a, a different thing for each of the uh, three, three ones. So, like, a pom-pom for the one cheerleader and then a one for the other. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the person ended up going with a picture of cheerleaders and then just a random people of somebody in a prom dress by a car, just a couple in a prom outfit, and then a picture of some woman being kidnapped. Okay. I didn't know there were kidnapping pictures that were public domain, but like, <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's a lot under oh, similar no. photos. I do not like this at all. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, I was a little worried that it would be rejected because it's somebody with their hands tied up and her 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 face is dirty and she looks very unhappy. Yikes! <laughs> Sounds awful. Yeah, so uh, I thought it might be uh, too graphic for uh, you know the iTunes Store or the the Google mm-hmm. Plus Store, so that's why I ran it through um, the people in advance. And they were like, "This weird, dirty kidnapping picture is okay." Yeah, yeah, okay. they were fine. Oh, I'm seeing some very strange pictures on uh, Pixabay searching for kidnapping. Oh, no. Oh. I don't know <laughs> how I feel about all of these. Oh, some of them are just aliens kidnapping people. That's fine. Oh, that's safe, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a pig that is that had his feet all tied up and duct tape on its mouth. Why would they kidnap a pig? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. I shouldn't. I don't want to look at this anymore. Well, I was going to say. Well, one of the uh, interesting things is. Um, gosh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. <laughs> so the picture um, that was used for uh, the kidnapper, uh, it looks like it's taken from a, a group of uh, uh, cheerleaders. But anyway, it's an African American uh, woman who's the cheerleader, which I thought was interesting because in the actual game. Uh, the character's named Nancy. She has red hair because it's, it's Nancy Drew. Okay, I was just yeah. being silly, <laughs> but um, now, now uh, according to the the box art, though she she is African American. So that's hmm. that's kind of interesting. Are you gonna Are you gonna change the story at all to to match the box art? I'm not sure if I yeah. can. Oh, is it too point. late? Because I submitted everything to them, <laughs> and then. Uh, oh. The box art was the last thing, yeah, so... I guess you'll find out if somebody complains. I guess. Very diverse game. I don't mm. think that's something we've done so much with the, uh... With the O'Rock games. I know, um... Oh, that was, that was actually something I was going to talk about in a little bit. Let me, let me pivot while we're talking about this. I know it's early, mm-hmm. but I have a listener question that ties into this. Oh. Yeah. So this is a, this is a, a question that was left over from last month that we didn't uh, get to. Um, this is from Holland Palmgren, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, Holland. Um, she wants to know, what do you look for in casting real people as characters? Any unexpected surprises in the casting process? And, and it's interesting that you, you bring up uh, the diversity in our games, because that's something, uh, that does come up uh, a lot with our casting, uh, Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, because the Kidnap Prom Queen is just a text-only game, so it's a lot easier for me to, say, cast two people are uh, Japanese 
Whereas uh, in, uh, say, like the Cat President, where we're actually taking pictures of somebody, you would have to specifically mention that, right, in the yeah. casting call. And that might make it a bit more tricky because even – I know that even when we put out a casting call for somebody who's in their 20s, it could be <laughs> male or female, it, even that, something which is just so open-ended, we have trouble filling sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the thing, right? So – um, that's what I was going to mention was that when I, when I do these casting calls, I post on our Facebook, Twitter, and our website, and I usually share it on my personal accounts as well. Uh, and I, I usually add something there that says we're specifically looking for people of color. Um, and I think we've gotten, during all of our casting calls across our various games, virtually no non-white people. Like, it's, it's almost always like 100% white people that respond to our casting calls. So that obviously, um, has, has presented some problems. I think in Cat President 1, I didn't do a great job of incorporating diversity in the game. Uh, and in Internet Court, which we're working on right now, I did a very bad job and I'm, I'm actually kind of angry at myself for not casting better for that, but not much I can do about that now. But, um, with Cat President too, and with Pizza Boy actually, Pizza Boy, I was able to get a much more diverse cast. Yeah, it just depends on who sends messages too. But yeah, yeah you say so you get people on Fiverr, correct? That's that. That's where I was going with this. Yeah. So when I when I have an issue with this, when you know to prevent the the entire cast from being Caucasian, I usually do an additional casting call on uh, this website Fiverr.com, uh, which if you haven't heard about it, it's basically just a website where. Uh, People can post and say, I will do this job for $5, or you can say what you're looking for. Um, so I'll, I'll do an additional casting call there, uh, and that that usually makes our cast much more diverse. Um, so I'm, I've been very happy with how that's working with Cat President, too, and I, I hope that's reflected in people's experiences with the game. I guess we'll see. Uh, but yeah, so... To answer your question, Holland, that's one of the things I look for, is that I look to not have the entire game be white people. Beyond that, I, I feel like I don't actually focus that much on people's physical appearance. Like, a as long as the age range seems to be, like, at all close to what we were thinking, like, the actual physical appearance of the model isn't, like, a huge factor, what what's more important is, is the person themselves uh, and whether they can follow the directions that I give them, whether I have to send them a bunch of emails nagging them, like, hey, um, how the, how's the picture taking going? Do you think you'll have them done this weekend? Um, if I have to nag someone, it usually uh, it's not a person I'm going to want to work with in the future. Um, I mean, and, and this is something that I talk about a lot in this podcast, but but that's, yeah, that's an important uh, thing that I look for in someone I want to work with on a project in, in any capacity is whether you'll just, you'll do the thing and you'll follow the instructions that I have provided. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times, like, I'll say, okay, uh, no logos anywhere on your clothes and try to make sure you're taking the picture with, with some natural lighting because otherwise the pictures will come out blurry and then I'll get a picture with someone wearing a Star Wars t-shirt and they took the pictures in their room with the shades down and the door closed and, and 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> and it looks awful. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, so um, those, are, those are two of the main things that I look for in a model is uh, diversity and reliability, I would say. Uh, 
as to any unexpected surprises in the casting process. Um, I was actually wondering if you, Michael, could could speak to that. Have there been any roles in, in any of our games that have we've published so far where you're like, wow, that's not at all what I thought that person was going to look like? Um, gosh, now, now I'll have to think about it. Um, I was going to say the surprised person in... Um, Pizza delivery boy who oh, yeah. uh, saved the world. Uh, it's just, I think she's only got one picture where she gasps angrily, and that's it. I thought it was going to be like a much older person, but no. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I think that's that's the one me. where um she thinks that Doug is catcalling her. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the last ones we we got, right? Yeah, yeah, because I, I usually end up casting the roles just in order that I'm coding them a lot of times, or at least when I get to the part of the script where I need the photos, that's where I start like buckling down and, and making sure I get the pictures if I don't have them already. Uh, so that's one of the last characters you meet, so that was one of the last ones we cast. Uh, and if I recall correctly, that was one, too, where the, the photos had a little bit of an issue with them. Um you you can kind of tell the pictures were taken at, at sort of a weird angle. I think she's kind of like hunched over a little bit because yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's the sort of thing that happens. You know, sometimes the lighting weird, sometimes the pose is weird. But uh, I I I try hard not to send people back for unnecessary reshoots, like or, or reshoots in general, if I can avoid it, just because I know it's kind of a pain. Um. Especially with the kind of money we pay, which is not a great amount of money. <laughs> I try not to ask too much of people. Uh, so here, let me pull out the uh, the art. Oh, wow! Oh, that's different. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh oh, the doctor in uh, one of the pathways <laughs> in, in Cat, um, President Cat President Two <laughs> has switched genders. Okay, yeah. that, see, that, that that's what I'm talking about, though. That's that's what happens in the casting process sometimes. Sometimes, like you know, we write the characters and the gender that we have in mind. Like it doesn't have to be that gender. It doesn't really matter at all. It's a doctor, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Just, yeah, a one scene doctor. Yeah, I get so, it. Yeah, I can tell you exactly. Um, <laughs> So this this was a uh, someone that I I know and I approached her specifically for the role of doctor uh, <laughs> because I knew she owned a lab coat. <laughs> okay. So what do I look for in casting real people? I look for someone who I know owns the right prop. Sometimes, sometimes that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she and she introduced a really an even better prop uh, while she was taking pictures too. Uh, so I like, see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the glass that looks like a skull. Yeah, I was really happy about that. Cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So hey, there, there we go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good example of uh, the casting surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that's a different gender from the doctor I saw last time I played the oh, game. That's right. Yeah. Because I had a. I just had a. Uh, a placeholder in there before, and it was just like probably the first picture I could find that was doctor on online on Google. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna, I was gonna mention that. Uh, yeah. To you in my comments, I'm like, this photo's kind of blurry. You can tell it's a different resolution from the one oh, next yeah. to it. And then I saw, oh wait, the doctor's placeholder art. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I won't complain about it. <laughs> yeah, that that's something you'll see. Uh, so I just finished the second pathway and sent it to Michael. Uh, a few days ago, so there there are some placeholders in that one as well. The uh, the mom and dad were still ironing out. Uh, I, f I think I just used pictures from Pizza Boy for the mom and dad. I don't remember who exactly. 
I, yeah, gosh, I would have to actually like talk to moms in order to to get oh, somebody to play the mom. It's, I, it's fine. I just purchased a mom off of Fiverr today. I could get tattoo mom at swim practice. <laughs> um, no, I I I got I got a different person this time. Um, I already gave them the money, so hopefully they send the pictures. That's that's sort of one of the annoying things about Fiverr is that you pay first and then you get the stuff afterwards. Um. So there was an incident, uh, I think it was with Cat President 2, actually, earlier this year, where I paid, and then the person sent in really bad pictures that didn't work, and then I sort of had to, to fight, because they didn't want to retake the pictures, I had to fight with Fiverr to get my money back. Aww. So, hopefully that doesn't happen with this person. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Otherwise, it's Tattoo Mom all the way, well, plus now we have the wrinkle that we do have the dad cast, so we want to try to find someone that looks uh, uh, similar in age range to the dad character. I mean, I guess we don't have to, but... Oh, oh, Tattoo Mom would be perfect. It's oh, great. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting how um, parents are cast nowadays. I don't, I don't watch, like, too many <laughs> TVs or movies, but it's like, yeah! <laughs> Those yeah. ages don't match. Well, see, that's that's one of the issues we run into with with casting human models is that I mean we nest, we have a younger fan base. We I mean, we just don't have a lot of people you know fifty and older playing our games. So that when we reach out and do these casting calls with our fans, it, we're necessarily going to have a lot of younger people. Uh, and specifically, since we uh, reach out to your fan base, the Nancy Drew fan base, we ended up getting like a lot of uh, uh, women in like their late teens, early twenties, which is awesome. Uh, but it also uh, makes it a little harder to get a, a range of people sometimes. Yeah, if you're a mom. Uh, yeah, mom, exactly. Because the main character's in, what, her 20s or something? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting watching, I guess, um, the show Fuller House. Because um, they got the kid on the show the who's the same age as my stepdaughter. But, you know, he's playing the exact same age if that makes sense it's like i'm thinking of him as way older than he actually is because oh interesting are are way younger than he actually is because they rarely cast somebody playing the exact age like okay this person's a fourth grader they actually got somebody who's 10 years old playing the fourth grader because you know like high school musical none of them are high school age they're they're all like you know, past college age. <laughs> oh, yeah, movies and TV shows about high school are, are frequently extremely bad about that. <laughs> like, what are all these grown-ups doing in high school? Yeah, I was gonna, uh, yeah, also, like the new Nancy Drew TV show, the yeah. guy playing Nancy Drew's father, and he is old enough for the role, but he doesn't look at it at all. It's oh, quite amazing. Yeah. I've, I've definitely heard of things, too, where, like, uh, movies will cast, like, the the main character's mom and the and the actual you'll look it up and the actual actress is like six years older than her or something like that. Yeah, apparently that was the case. Uh, the famous case is uh, the Hamlet. Oh really? Ah uh, yeah, I'll have to look it up now. Well, my my favorite one of these is you know uh, Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter. Yeah, the actress who played Moaning Myrtle, thirty seven years old. <laughs> She was playing a 14-year-old. She was 37. I guess, granted, she was a ghost, so they could hide it a little better, but... 
Okay, so the, the trope on TV tropes is called playing Gertrude. And it's named for Hamlet, Prince of Denmark's mother Gertrude. Uh, most prominently and ridiculously pronounced in Laurence Olivier's film version of Hamlet. So Eileen Hurley played the role of Gertrude. She was 11 years younger than Laurence Olivier. <laughs> Wait, younger? <laughs> younger. Younger. She was 11 years younger That's awesome. than, than the guy playing Hamlet. Now, in his defense, yeah. he's like one of the best Shakespearean actors yeah. of all time, so... He he offers to play Hamlet. They let him play Hamlet. Did he look, did he look young at least? Nineteen forty-eight, mm. and he was born nineteen oh seven. So he would have been in his forties playing Hamlet. Cool, with a thirty-something-year-old mom. Yeah. Huh. Oh, it's black and white. You can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See the same thing with Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. It's hard to tell when somebody's either a ghost star or doing it in black and white. It's hard to tell somebody's age as much. Okay, so <laughs> where where were we? Uh, well, I, I did everything topsy-turvy and, and did listener questions and messed us up. Uh, well, we'll just I, say our actors are all younger yeah. than they look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or or they're, they're older than they look. How's that? <laughs> um but I guess I guess I can I can uh reverse a little bit and give my quick uh game updates. Uh Internet Court, I have uh only a few pages left in case number 3 to code and, and then the music after that. Um that's coming along well. Oh, and I, I emailed you. I incorporated the, the feedback from your email about case number two. Um, yeah, you were you were totally right about... Um, I had icons in the game that were uh, in the court record representing fan fiction. And I had icons that were just literal fans, like the kind that blow air on you. And it just yeah. made, it was nonsense. It did not work at all. It did not make sense. Yeah, no. so I literally thought they were supposed to be as like, but you haven't played the, no, the Legend I, of Zelda I, game. No. It's like, no, I was just like, well, the, I'll tell you what the problem was. The problem was that I had already used like books and pieces of paper as icons in like the first case. So I was like, well, okay, now what? So I made a stupid pun that didn't make any sense and, and looked like nothing. Um, so I ended up changing it to, uh, since the fan fiction is sort of a parody of Legend of Zelda, I made him into, like, little sword and shield icons instead, and maybe that works a little better. Um, that works a little better, yeah. It's, it's I was going to say, that's that's something else I'll probably complain yeah. about in the everything wrong with Nancy <laughs> Drew is there are, like, three keys in the game, and they're all the exact same. They didn't bother to change uh, the uh, inventory not even, like, the icon. Color or anything? Well, the inventory is black and white, so... Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Our, yeah, so, I mean, it's like they didn't change any anything. It's like all the keys look the same. You have to move your mouse over them to, to see the subtitle, figure out that's, which one is which. That's what I was going to ask if you have them in your inventory at the same time. I guess you do. Yeah. Well, that's kind of weird. But I guess if you're working on black and white, there's... Well, I was going to say there's not so much you can do, but I guess you could just draw two more icons. <laughs> That looks like different, different keys, key. different looking keys, or like rotate them or something. Yeah, that that would be an, an option too. Anyway, that's it with uh, Internet Court. Uh, Cat President Two. I finished Pathway Number Two, uh, and finished Chapter One of Number Three uh, just earlier today. Um, 
that's that's going well. I'm I'm trying to figure out if I need to pick up the pace or not in order to finish it before the election. I think I'm okay, but we're gonna find out. Oh uh, yeah, the election heats up uh, yeah. like a week after this podcast comes oh, out. Oh gosh, oh. we're in like ten days before Iowa gets to vote. Uh, uh but yeah, so um. Well, we'll see. Uh, I I keep thinking like, okay, there's only there's only four pathways left. How long? How long can that take? But then, I remember that the bonus pathway in this one is is you know, not unsubstantial. Like, and we did a bonus pathway in the first game, but that was that was a lot shorter. <laughs> this yeah, one's like yeah. almost a full pathway in itself. So, I have to keep that in mind as well. Um, I mean, in, in like the worst case scenario, maybe I have to release the bonus pathway after like as a as an update to the game i really don't want to do that but if i have to i'd rather do that than like release the game after yeah the that makes sense know? that would be a, an option on the table yeah well we'll see what happens i'm i'm still fairly optimistic uh, yeah oh, and i had some fun so uh i was i was working on cat president 2 while while we were flying while i was on the plane um I'm very curious. I haven't played over that section yet. I'm very curious how the audio editing went for that section. <laughs> because <laughs> I was on a plane at the time. And it's sort of hard to hear things on a plane. I, I half expect I'm going to play over that section. And, and like the sound effects are randomly going to be like 100 times louder than they usually are. But easy enough to fix. Let's see. Other Cap Present news. Yes. Um... I don't know if this counts as cat president news, but <laughs> I, I I toyed around with an idea for a joke. I don't know if it's funny at all. Okay, is that um, if one character just gets a bunch of endorsements from other cats that are desperate to be their vice president, <laughs> it's like I'm not in, I'm endorsing you not because I think you'd be a good president, but because I think you're the one most likely to pick me yes, as vice president. I like that a lot. Yes. I have no idea where we'd work a line like that into the oh. game or a scene or anything like that, but... Oh, that feels very real. I like it. Yeah. Another video game thing I just posted online. So do you know who this this character Nabbit is from Super Mario oh. Brothers? Uh, no. I, 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 I remember the name. I don't remember the character. I did, I did see your picture of the stuffed animal. Okay, you did not remember the Nabbit character, just the name. So, new Super Mario Brothers uh, Wii U, I guess, okay. and then new Luigi Brothers Wii U. So he would have been a playable character in New Luigi That's Brothers. Okay, yeah, and he like it's like kind of a cheaty character, right? Like, yeah, he's a replacement for Mario, basically. Yeah, no, but I mean, but there's something like he has easy special mode. abilities. He's invincible, yeah. something like that. It's invincible, yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, new Luigi is really hard. So. so for the new, I mean, um, for the Switch version of the game, um, uh, Nabbit's available in both things because the Switch oh, version cool. has new Luigi and new Mario, just them together. Okay. And they also have Toadette, I think. Yeah. So oh, that's fun. Yeah. So you get to play either game, but you get to pick up Mario, Luigi. What? What was the original? Was it like Red Toad and Blue yeah, Toad? Yeah, Blue and Yellow Toad, I think. Yeah, so it's Mario, Luigi, it's Toad, Toadette, and then Nabbit. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm like, Mario, Luigi, and Toad. I'm like, who's number four? Who's number four? <laughs> Nabbit? What? <laughs> I think no. your, your, da your daughter is super into Nabbit. Is that correct? Yeah, she is a big fan of Nabbit. I played as Nabbit all the time because it's a tough game. So <laughs> it's easier, yeah. 
It's easier to play as the character who can't get hurt by enemies. <laughs> Although the the downside being that character's kind of not as good at jumping. So if there's a level with a lot of jumping challenges, you want to go with either Luigi or uh, sure. Toadette. Oh, well, I'm look I'm looking at the picture. That is a weird looking thing. It is a weird looking. <laughs> yeah, character. I think wow. they kind of messed up its mouth, but. <laughs> It's just okay. supposed to be a rabbit, so... It's, it's coming back to me now. I remember Nabbit. Yeah, Nabbit, like, in the original game... Uh, sorry, in the original Mario, Wii U, whatever the heck... Uh, doesn't Nabbit, mm-hmm. like, steal stuff from you? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. That's that's what I read. He steals stuff from you and you have to chase him. Yeah, okay, that's what I remember, yeah. Oh, I th- <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you why I don't remember the name. <laughs> it's because when Lizzo and I were playing it, we kept calling him Babbity Rabbity, like from Harry Potter. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I, like, no, I didn't refer to him by the correct name. So. Oh, that explains a yeah. lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, you're talking about babbity rabbity. Oh, it's just funny when she, you know, in public when she's got her like nabbit doll. Oh. And people like, oh, you've got a little toy. Who's that? It's like it's nabbit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the heck is that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I think on that note, uh, it might be about time to to wrap up this month's episode. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argelfumph, uh, spelled A R G L E F U M P H. Uh, you can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit oarock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is "Dead Monster" by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. Uh, and finally, if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we'd love to hear them. Email them to podcast at orrock.com. Uh, and Michael, would you like to add anything else? Um, nope, nothing at all. All right. <laughs> See everyone next month. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Fun times. Hey, what about Nancy Drew being dead now? (laughs) 